Hello. Welcome to Gentlemen Don't Get Caught. We're nearing the end of Fables of the Reconstruction, and we're here to talk about Auctioneer. We are indeed. Another engine. I'm Lynn, and that other voice on the end of the line is Ali. Hello. Hello. Uh, just in case this is your first episode. If it's not, you probably knew who we were. But that's fine. Probably. It's the convention. It is. It Conventions is. must be strictly adhered to, otherwise severe consequences. Otherwise, society starts to collapse. Yes, which definitely isn't already happening anyway. <laughs> yeah, quite. Dystopian! Uh, <laughs> maybe in the future, when you're listening to this, everything has been fixed. So that'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, you can reminisce on how awful 2020 was and how great yeah. it is now. Yep. Uh it's not impossible that things will be better in the future. It's not impossible. Please send us a postcard from the future. Yeah, we'd appreciate that. Anyway, for now, we're here to talk about this very abrasive song. It is kind of, isn't it? Yes, I would agree with that characterization. Thanks. It's kind of, I mean, not that there aren't other kind of, I don't know, frustrated or... I don't really know how to describe it. Yeah, I think abrasive is the best adjective I can come up with. Yeah, uh, dissonant is another word. Yes. Like, um, I feel like, particularly the vocals, like, there's bits where it's kind of deliberately kind of, like, leaning into the... This is sort of slightly unpleasant to listen to. Yeah, it is slightly unpleasant to listen to. Um, In a way that most R.E.M. songs, I feel like, are not. Yeah, I would say they default towards the, like, pleasant to listen to for the most part. In fact, as I've probably talked about in previous episodes, when I was a teenager, they were, in my head, they were a middle-of-the-road, boring, like, grown-up, sad old person band. <laughs> uh, which is, I late, uh, not too much later, learned was a really unfair characterization. but that's sort of how I felt because on the basis of the super popular stuff they had, was it was just a bit too... Yeah, that makes sense, especially as it would have been, like, their sort of peak kind of early to mid-90s. Yeah. You know, where they were on the radio yes. a lot yeah. as we were growing up. Yeah, it was the, it was their, like, their Radio 2 songs, which, I am sorry, I just sounded like such a snob there, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say at the risk of going on a tangent, but that's what we do all of these episodes anyways. <laughs> You'd noticed? I was browsing... <laughs> I, so I was listening to... Uh, I was streaming some Six Music mm. the other day from the BBC the cool Sounds app. We sadly are not getting kickbacks from the BBC Sounds <laughs> app. Um, but they have... Not like, yet. <laughs> no, they have some podcast listings. Mm. And I'm like, it's really... All these musicians with like nothing to do because of the pandemic. Right. Is that Bruce Springsteen now has a BBC podcast. Really? Crazy. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. Where it's just like... It's like songs from Springsteen's house. <laughs> where he just like talks and plays bits other people's records on a podcast from radio 2 <laughs> it's weird that does sound weird that does sound like a very this would not exist at another time no exactly because he'd have gigs to play yeah quite we've said that this is an awkward dissonant song but bits of it really rock quite hard i i, I like bits of it i uh, which which bits? So there's kind of like a middle bit, and then there's kind of like an ending bit, okay. where it just kind of like the guitar kind of like launches in a bit, and then the bass is kind of really uh, like throbbing away. 
that sounds kind of wrong. Uh, <laughs> no, I feel like the bass is the most fun part of the, mm. song, of the structure. I feel like it, it reaches peak abrasion in the chorus. Yes. Yeah, my notes here is like, it doesn't even really have a chorus per se. Like, it has, like, a versy bit that repeats. No, it's just Michael Stipe kind of sing-shouting, Another engine! engine. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I went up slightly more metal vocals there. Not quite full metal vocals, but I'm not even going to try and do full metal vocals. Did, when, uh, when I've been trying to listen to some metal recently. Yeah, we've mentioned this on a previous episode. The vocals. I have to ask, though, when you're doing your full metal vocals, do you have to do it wearing your full metal jacket? Yeah. I do. That was so worth diverting the episode <laughs> so I could make that really weak-ass joke. <laughs> but I've just, yeah, my kind of metal listening experiment sort of came to a halt because I quite like the instrumental mm. bits and then someone starts singing and I'm like, no. <laughs> I can't be doing with this. Sorry. See, this is where this is where Metallica is quite good because okay. it's, it's kind of like all of the thrashiness that you need but the the vocals are pretty melodic and not that like yeah well i mean some early matters not too like black sabbath is Mm, quite yeah 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 not that ozzy osbourne is a great singer but like he doesn't kind of go to those extremes i suppose it's more sort of conventional like (laughs) rock singing yeah 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 than than kind of metal singing yes yeah what people associate with uh, as being metal singing these days yeah like 80s it was kind of like it was more aggressive than like your average like rock singing, but it was still like the other couple of exceptions I found are like metal bands with female singers. Right. Um, I was listening to the new Svalbard album. Okay. Who, despite having a very Nordic name, are apparently based in Bristol. Well, you know, genre. But yeah, they have a fe- they have a female vocalist, and it's like much easier to get through. Gotcha. <laughs> tracks. I'm trying to remember the metal band that has a female lead singer, but you would not know it. Okay. She sounds like a six foot four, like strapping, muscly guy, and she's <laughs> a fairly tiny, glamorous looking blonde woman. Uh, it's just like, okay, uh, I don't know how you're making that noise. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend any like uh, female metal singers that have have a you have know more. Uh, sort of guttural, stereotypically male voices. Um, I I mean, I guess it's like any skill. You can just figure out how to to do it. But but yeah, it just just seems like... I don't know. I don't know enough about, like, the science of vocal cords and... Anyway. (laughs) What I'm saying is I'm pretty ignorant about metal, and I apologise if I've offended anyone. Uh, And I apologise too, in case I've I've also... (laughs) Uh, but I imagine that metal fans are pretty hard to offend. That seems like a characteristic. Uh, I mean, it it seems it seems like in terms of subject matter, you have to be willing to deal with yeah, some heavy quite. ideas. So they shouldn't be offended by an idiot on an REM podcast. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that there's probably not too many like hardcore metalists going. Do you know what? For a change of pace, REM. Uh, probably not. So, where were we? Uh, we were, we were saying it kind of... Ro- yeah, the chorus is not really a chorus. It's this sort of, like, atonal, like, awkward bit. And then it kind of comes in with, like, the rocking guitar and um, bass. And then it goes back to the sort of the verse bit. Um, yeah. Uh, does this one have a bridge? I didn't even make a note. Um, no, that did I. I have a... I have a 
weird comparison, which you being of a similar age to me, you might also get. <laughs> but the guitar part in the so-called rocking bit vaguely, 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 vaguely reminds me of the the music that when in the I think it was the, it would have been the nineties, and I imagine it might have been in the 80s as well but like the bbc formula one motor racing thing where it had the like very famous okay that's good because the moment you said that i just had the ski sunday theme (laughs) yeah i don't i'm sure i would know it if you hummed it but I'm still not getting it. <laughs> You'll have to. Okay, have to that's put fine. A... Oh, was that Grandstand? Damn it! What have I done? Uh, just all the. Oh, all the f- these are all just like yeah. When the BBC could afford sport. Uh, BBC sports programs. Yeah. Um. But that turns out that that is a track by Fleet uh, by Fleetwood Mac called "The Chain." Um, and it's like the outro to that song, but it, yeah. just, it just has like the guitar part from that reminds me of that. Uh, I don't know about the rest of the song, but that is a very cool bit of uh, rock music, um, and this vaguely reminds me of that. <laughs> Sorry, that was very long-winded. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, what's the song about? What is the song about? Um, what's the song about? Goodness knows, Lynn. Goodness knows. Um, I mean, I suppose this is a segue into the lyrics. Yes. <laughs> I've just got the engines of commerce written in all caps in my head. <laughs> but, you know, I'm always happy to reach for a meaning where there is probably not yeah, one. Yeah, I, I kind of think of, of auctions as being this like weird, like, off-to-the-side bit of capitalism that i'm not really involved in because <laughs> i know i know there's like reg- i mean i've watched bargain hunts does that count <laughs> yeah i guess so because i mean i know I, I tend to think of of auctions as being like a mostly like a charity thing which is part okay. of it but obviously there are there's plenty of it, it seems like in farming and like i don't know cars there's auctiony stuff happens and it's a bit more of a normal like this is just how this business works rather than just like this is a showpiece event to get publicity but yeah i'm revealing my ignorance about auctions no i see what you mean yeah especially like agricultural auctions is a thing that i definitely think about yeah like how livestock seems to be sold yeah you know i mean it's the norm like you say rather than being like this this kind of like you're doing it as much because that's a more interesting event and more likely to get publicity than just mm. like, oh well, we sold it to somebody. Yeah, is this about? Is this a song about auctions, really, or is it a metaphor? It's probably a metaphor, but yes, I'm going to assume it's a metaphor. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why it's. Is it? Is the subtitle another engine? It is another engine in brackets. Yeah. Is that part? Yeah, I thought so. Parentheses. What are they selling? What are they selling with engines? I would automatically assume steam engine and i i'm thinking trains but yeah i my mind also went to trains but i guess that's i don't know whether that's a linguistic thing that just in british english if you say an engine yeah yeah or without the context of cars yes then you're just like oh yeah trains trains. yeah or whether i've just got driver eight on the brain which is also a train song it's all really an album about train songs there's a line about taking pennies and making a necklace 
Is that a thing that people do? Oh, I didn't catch that, because all I could think of... There's the line about taking a nickel and making a dime. Yes. By making a profit at auctions, I guess? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't hear the pennies making a necklace thing. Yeah, it says, uh, take this penny and make it into a necklace when I leave. Okay, a necklace made of a single penny. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like it would work. No, I mean, the first time you said it, I was kind of imagining a big necklace made of many, many So pennies. was I, yeah, and then it, it, you could just put it on a chain. Yeah, which would be very heavy, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, and also, because this is Fables of the Reconstruction, uh, an American penny has Abraham Lincoln on it, so... Ooh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Ah, well, <laughs> I spend more time in the States than you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, th- these days that's certainly true. And have more more American money, like, knocking around in random drawers. <laughs> It's, it's it must be it must be cool to have like previous leaders who actually did some good stuff that can be on your money rather than just like monarchs. It's mostly monarchs. Mostly the current monarch. Well, you're not allowed to have people that are alive, are you, on currency or stamps, other than is that the is monarch. that right? I yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you wouldn't have somebody who's alive. On... Although, of course, on American ones, they're also dead people. Yeah, so I I, I kind of feel like. It would be event against convention to make a a, a a living former president stick them on one of the. <laughs> I'm trying to say, has there been? I mean, Churchill's on one of the banks. Yeah, he's on me, the five. I was trying to think if, if there is another politician or I don't know royal on any other thing. There is coin or bank. No, I don't think yeah, so. another politician. I'm trying to think who's on the fifty. I think it's it's probably Adam Smith. Uh, no, Adam Smith was on the twenty, wasn't he? He was on the he was on the old twenty. Oh, okay. Um, I know Jane Austen is on the ten, which I quite like. Yeah, and Church is it Church was on the is he on the new twenty or the new? No, no he's on the five. He's five. on the five. I forget five, who's on the twenty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was a bit of a jerk, wasn't he? Um, yeah, it, he kind of very much fits the old adage about like uh, being a great man tends to mean not being a good man. Yeah. Uh, not that obviously he didn't, he wasn't significant historically. No. He absolutely was. No. So yeah, I think my opinion of him went downhill when they read a book about Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, which is really interesting. It's a book called Lawrence in Arabia. Oh yes, I feel like you mentioned and it before. Yeah, I, might, I probably mentioned it because I know the like history stuff, but mm. yeah, it was really interesting. But there was quite a lot of stuff about Gallipoli and things like that. Yes, yeah, which he always maintained kind of wasn't how he meant it to go down anyway. Uh, but I don't know how much of this is... Well, I mean, you'd, I don't know if that's true. You'd certainly hope that that's that the w- way that you'd spin it, given how terribly it went down. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> um, but I don't know how much of that is kind of like trying to spin things after the fact to be like, yeah, yeah no, I mean, no, they didn't, they, my brilliant plan, they didn't follow it. Yeah, and the, so that was kind of obviously not the most uplifting part of the book. Um, mm. And then the other bit at the end where most of the Middle Eastern or kind of Arabic groups that uh, assisted and were promised assistance by Britain in the First World War were completely betrayed right, afterwards. Right, And then all taken over by Saudi by the Saudis. Who, of and course, received, are like, no assistance lovely. From. So, well done. Yeah, good job, Britain. And then, of course, there's his role in the, the Bengal famine which I don't remember the specific details, but yeah, I think I I think uh, India was exporting agricultural produce to Britain during the war whilst enduring its own famine, so it meant that... 
British history is like pretty terrible, especially the last sort of 300 years or so. <laughs> yeah, basically any time that Britain was like a quote unquote big deal, we were... Yeah, it's just all terrible. Yeah, and just reprehensible and gross. Yep. Yep. So, hurrah! I don't know. It's 2020. It's so easy to look at all the terrible things. It, it is. I don't know. And hard to hold. Sometimes, yeah, I find it hard to hold in my mind. Like, I don't know. And the internet is partly responsible for this. Mm. But I'm sure it's always been the case that it's easy to polarise things. Yeah. And say, oh, the country was great. Or the country was terrible. And actually, there were terrible things going on. And there were also not terrible things going on. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Because people, you know, that's what people are like i guess it is yeah it's it's not like we have a monopoly on being on being terrible or anything but yeah i'm no i definitely have no patience for the idea that the patriotic thing is to pretend that your country has never done anything bad no it's strict the thing you don't really learn anything no do you? you don't absolutely it's dishonest not. it is yep it's dishonest intellectually lazy weak and cowardly but there we've got we've got way off track but i mean we're a product of we have. I think this is all because I mentioned Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fascinating because it's like you know we're a we we live in a product of those pasts. Yeah, um, and so you can't completely like my instinct is to try and divorce myself from them completely, but you can't. No, do that. Be- yeah, because the circumstances that made you the person that you are. Well, quite, and the society in which I live. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at the same time, like sort of taking what seems like an excessive degree of ownership of them seems ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and like a weird trap. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I feel like there's there's a divide between like feel, like feeling unnecessarily guilty for stuff that you clearly didn't do because you weren't alive. One yeah, wasn't alive. That's easy to do as well. Because um, that's, that's stupid. But then kind of like... I think... I don't know. I definitely think that there's there's room for like trying to look at where your country's done bad stuff and like try to make amends. Yeah, absolutely. Things like reparations and stuff for slavery and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just on a similar note, it's you know, it's I mean, people who say, well, we we beat the Nazis and we invented the railways don't tend to also say, and we also were complicit hugely in the transatlantic slave trade. Yeah. And we kind of like violently suppressed uh, various independence movements uh, when uh, the the British Empire was kind of falling to bits. Quite, and it's yeah, it's kind of inconsistent. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm not laughing at the at the horrible stuff that the British Empire did. I'm I'm laughing at just at how insane a tangent this is from this song. Yeah, no, it's just yeah. At the moment, I guess it just seems I don't know what was all this populism and things. It's just kind yeah. Of, where yeah. it's just it's just so intellectually sloppy and lazy and just like I don't know. Can we not just all like learn from the past in good ways and bad ways? Yeah. We can just it, do better. It, we can indeed. we can all just choose to do a little bit better. Try a bit harder and think a bit more and be slightly more nuanced. Yeah. Uh, we'll give it we'll give it a go. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yep. Uh wow, this has been a tangent. It has. Um, is there anything more you want to say about Auctioneer? No. <laughs> the subject of this podcast. How about you? I think so. I just got a little sad. Maudlin. Maudlin's a Maudlin great one. Maudlin is, is good, yeah. Yeah, we'll move on to the next we one. We should. Uh, right, thanks for listening, and I'm sorry. <laughs> for everything. For, just for everything. Right. 
Thanks. Okay, thanks, thanks. for <laughs> Bye. Bye. Turn on narrator. Toggle switch. On. GDGC podcast at gmail.com.